big dumb dude over here. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jeep Life Podcast. We're that podcast that's proudly presented by Armalite, the toughest flooring on the trail. And, man, do they mean it. I washed mine this week. Oh, did you? First time in like six months. <laughs> How'd that go? Looks brand new, doesn't it? Brand new, right again. Yeah. I love it. I mean, like, and we can't make it up. Like, I got some photos on my phone. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll show them to you. Um, so our thanks to them, um, but our listeners get an um, exclusive Armalite discount of 10%. Um, Jeep Life Podcast 10 for a complete Armalite system at GoArmalite.com. Our thanks to them for presenting the Jeep Life Podcast. As a way of introduction, I'm Jeep and Terry, and it's my co-host, Breaking Bill. I'm usually breaking something. If I'm not breaking it, I'm fixing it. No doubt, no doubt. Um, and I, well, this is our busy time of the year for both of us. I got projects going on in the garage. I, I got that. projects outside the garage. Carting one in, carting one out. I mean, it's just nonstop, man. It, it is. You know, and I, it is tonight's episode brought to us by our friend Sam Adams Summer Ditch Days. Uh, I mean, I just wish I had this closer to, well, it was actually kind of nice out today. It was, it, it, every time I walked outside, I was, it was shocked warm, that it was as warm as it was. Yeah. But raining, and but gross. It looked like it was cold snow, and damp. But it was like, it was muggy. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It's odd. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't done anything really Jeep related. I was off last weekend, as everybody knows. Um, I haven't put out last week's episode yet. Yeah. Um, where you I, and Don. I, I know. We took over. You took over. And nobody's witnessed it yet, well, except they, for the they, people that listen live. So yeah, that gives you an excuse to listen to us every Sunday from 7.30-ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time on to witness the full debauchery that goes on <laughs> on this podcast live because there's always yeah. usually a good section. Yeah. Something happens. Something, somebody trips over the words. Something goes awry. <laughs> Guaranteed. Guarantee it. Uh, speaking of going awry, um, our newest segment, Jeep Life 101. It didn't go awry last week. We did it. Oh, did you? Yes, we That's did, awesome. damn it. I, well, you notice I... <laughs> I wasn't able to check check it out, but um, I will. I'm, I've got the memory card right down here. Memory card's in there, me. but I remembered. Did, uh, I kept this show together. and You were the glue. You're, you you're are going to be shocked. <laughs> it is a good, damn good show. <laughs> and I'm kind of mad that you guys out there haven't listened to it yet, but I, I can guarantee it's coming up soon. You, 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 we'll get it out there. Well, it's included in the season four. Which yes. means that yes. next, within, we, we got like three, three episodes yeah, left. Yeah. If that. If Less that. than that. Yeah. So this is one of the last three episodes that is a full debauchery. Yeah. Yeah. 
We'll have to do something fun yep. for the season finale. Has to be. Um, but for so G- Jeep Life 101, I kind of reached into the encyclopedia here. The archives. And came up with a word. A word? A word. Okay. Articulation. Articulation. So we're bringing it back to the vocabulary of Jeep life. <laughs> that is it. So why is G- why is articulation important? Well, what's the difference between articulation and flex? I wouldn't say there's a lot. I think there is. Do you? Yeah. I would think the articulation is how much flex you have. Correct, but articulation is the amount of flex you have with keeping proper traction on rocks that your tires are planted right so on. that's the that's the point right with articulation is being able to keep all four uh, tires on the ground on the or, ground with enough traction to drive you forward right flex anybody could have a lot of flex you can get out and flex your muscles and be like, uh, 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 flex them every watch out watch out <laughs> i got big muscles but that that's the that that's the key is being able to uh, do more Right. And keep all four tires on the ground for, for traction, yep. right? Um, when when you first go and buy your Jeep off the, the showroom floor, yep. you have a decent amount of articulation as it, as it is. Mm-hmm. In the real world, it's not a lot. No. Um, so what are some good steps to increase that articulation? Uh, disconnecting your front sway bar links. First and foremost. It's going to give you a lot more articulation yeah. out of the front of that Jeep. Yeah. Um, and that's so, where you need it. Yep. It really does. It improves your ride. Yep. Um, also, this is an interesting one, but uh, lowering your tire pressure, deflating, it doesn't necessarily give you more flex, but it does give you a little more traction and it enables your tires to move. Yes. As you're at those higher angles. And they don't need as much weight on them to still maintain that traction. Correct. And so that, that does increase that articulation yes, point, right? Um, having a lift. A lift is a huge increase of articulation. Well, it, it enables you to have bigger tires yep. under there, which will automatically, by default, give you more articulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're saying articulation too much. And th- what's the word right there? It says <laughs> on the show notes, articulation. I don't have the show notes up. I'm watching us. <laughs> well, we're a good looking bunch, right? I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't go that far. Is there, is there anything else that can help with that articulation? Um, well, you know, some anti-rock sway bar links. Oh, or some yeah. anti-rock sway bars yeah. uh, increases your contact patches and also keeps your tires on the ground and keeps the body level more level to your axles. Um, which is a good thing, but also it keeps pressure on those tires in odd situations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes odd situations, they arise. Mm-hmm. They come up. quickly. That's why they're called odd. Odd. Um, Not even. What about um, fender flare, changing that out and... They just pop off anyway. <laughs> That's true. They pop out of the way. But you know, changing that out and and inner fender liners yes. can give can give increased articulation, yep. right? Yeah. Um also there are some other interesting ways to increase your articulation is making sure that you have proper clearances underneath your vehicle and your mm-hmm. control arms, uh your your the travel of the control arms, your drive shaft. Um putting an aftermarket drive shaft on will give you more uh, down travel out of the driver side 
most likely driver's side yep. of your vehicle. So your, your drive shaft doesn't come in contact with your exhaust or um, cross members mm. that are in front of right. your transfer case. Um, I would have to also say sometimes your bump stops helps oh, yeah. from uh, over flexing your tire or axle up into the wheel well or right, your, you don't make, your springs. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, shock length. Oh, yeah. Making sure that your shocks are the proper length versus not, you know, if you're just putting some ex shock extensions on the bottom of your, your uh, lift kit, that's not necessarily increasing the overall performance or mm. length of that shock. It's just de it's just moving your contact point further up. Yeah. So it doesn't really give you more travel. Right. Right. So make sure you're you get the right shock for the length of, of your springs. Yeah. All right. Well that's uh I love that we edutain people. We're, we're, we're in the business because that this segment is really for the people who are just jumping on for the first time yeah. and maybe are new to the Jeep world. We want to help you out too. Um, we got shop we, stuff. We have a shop. We have a shop. We have another shop. We do. We have two shops. We do have two. We, we have more than that. We have one, three shops. Yeah. But we can only do one at a time. That's okay, all one at a time. Yep. Put it or putting it on the burner. So if Hello. you've sent it in and you don't see it now, it's coming. Hello, Jeep Life Podcast. Long time listener and few times emailer. So my <laughs> shop is a working progress built two years ago, thirty foot wide by thirty two foot deep garage, kind of a slow process. Yeah, we all get that. <laughs> only person that could drive a car into a garage have it sit for five years and still never drive it out <laughs> i've been doing most of my work myself wiring everything i even threw a 220 outlet for a welder high five on that one uh there's in the process of priming and painting the walls ceiling and the free to me cabinets um, I even went as far to dig in the gas line and hang a heater in the garage. I, so right now I do have the photo up of, of said heater and real importantly, there's a fridge in there. So here are a few pictures to show it off. There's even a sticker bombed shop fridge that would be nice to add a sticker to, um, to it. So he, he started talking about 220 outlets for welders <laughs> and I just lost, I yep. lost my breath. Truly. Um, but <clears throat> Dave, I got your address. Stickers are heading your way. I think there might be a Break It Billy sticker in there, too. Oh, sweet. I need some of that in my life. What? Break it? You have Break It Billy stickers. Oh, but it makes me happy. You have them. them. I know, I need more. But, but anyway, I'm going to throw out my shameless plug right here. Yep. And if you are looking for a Break It Billy sticker for your Christmas holiday, Please send me a message uh, through Jeep Life Podcast or through email or through my Instagram, Facebook. Break it, Billy. They're a pretty sweet sticker, if I may they, say they myself. Are sweet. You know, toot my own horn a little bit right here. And also, hats and shirts are coming soon. Ooh, even um, better. Some pretty badass hat. So we need to. We we need to as the Jeep Life Podcast our. Our merchandise store has 
diminished dropped off the face of the planet it has so we need and to... we are working on yeah. a new merch store for you guys yeah. to support the jeep life podcast in any small possible way you can we love it um i know coming up in just a few minutes we have matt howell from howell efi it's going to be a great interview let me tell you yeah it, it, we're looking forward to it it'll be a lot of fun and how EFI is, they're all about transplants. Yes. And we're not talking about heart. Well, we <laughs> yeah, are talking about I heart transplant. Heart transplant right now. <laughs> but taking something old and making it new, and we're not talking about taking an old motor and making it new, but we're talking about putting some new motors, maybe uh, some old stuff. Oh, yeah. And bringing some, maybe some older motors and. Bringing them up to the newer age. Yeah. Yeah. So, stay tuned for that later Excellent. in the show. Hey, we have events. Do we? I don't know. <laughs> I, it's the end of the year, the, man. Right. Yeah, let's, let's get to the end of the year, and come in January, we'll, we're going to list all this stuff that we're yes. going to... Uh, Some of the big events that we're looking forward to next year, though, yeah. is Easter Jeep Safari. Yes. Um, a lot of East Coast shows. A lot of East Coast shows. We're going to be at Over Sand, Overland. Yes. Extravaganza on the beach in Wyoming, New Jersey. That's going to be a put lot on by of fun. Blinker Fluid Production. So we will have our own campsite and camp booth and whatever other situation going on down yep. there. Yep. Um, New Jersey Jeep Invasion. Um, Pigeon Forge. Again, yep, Great Smoky Mountain. Great Smoky Mountain. We're going to be down... I, I heard there's a possibility of Daytona. Uh, G Beach. That'd be fun. Possibility. Who that'd knows? Be fun. Who knows? I mean, the world is our oyster right now. And we're going to crack it open. We're going to do our best. Because we're, we're like that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we should try to. Do we have an expert level this week? Expert level. All right. I'm going to throw it over to one of our partners because when you take your Jeep off-road, what do you have to do? You have to clean it. No, you got to deflate the tires. Oh, you do have to deflate the tires. And one of the best ways to reinflate your tires is with liquid CO2. I love it. Because when liquid CO2 goes through gases change, it expands about 400 times its molecular size. Yes. And that means you get a lot of pressure really quickly. Yep. So, our friends over at Power Tank allow you to store a whole lot of liquid CO2 yep. at a liquid state, and you can reinflate your tires super fast. I just, I just filled my tank up freaking last final, week. Finally. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you need to get on that more I, often. I do. Yeah. And right now, we ha- they're offering a discount code for our they listeners. They are. Yeah, 15% off of a full system. Jeep Life 15. Great for that special someone during the Christmas holiday. Yep. Me, I want a 15-pound tank or a 20-pound tank. I want two 20 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, we're we're lucky to have, not in the studio with us per se, but um, joining via the internet with technology we're able to do anything 
We, and, and somehow it's all working and it's for all, us. Oh, now you've now you've jinxed it for <laughs> us. But on the other end, we have Matt Howell from Howell EFI. Matt, how you doing? Good, good guys. Glad you could have me on. Well, we're we're certainly glad to have you on. I know we've been trying um, to make this happen for a while with schedules and everything. So it's good to have you on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Bill is. I I use Bill because he's brilliant he's smart and he knows things i I don't know much about this subject so that's why we brought an expert on i know Uh, so you know and i'm i'm the i'm the face of the operation really i'm the good looks he's the brains gotcha no neither neither are are either (laughs) Uh, so matt tell us a little bit about who well hold on all right so it's in the name. How EFI. Yeah. So EFI. I would say electronic fuel injection. There you go. All right. See, I, I do know things. You know one thing about one thing. <laughs> All right. Now let's let Matt take it away. <laughs> Matt, who are you and how, how did this all start? You want to go back to the very beginning, the roots of well, this, whole, uh, oh, this whole crazy. Okay. We're uh, going there. Yeah. Well. <laughs> We've actually been at it for 35 years this year. Uh, wow. Or not. That, yeah, that's, that's longer than you. That's impressive. <laughs> that's longer than me. Yes. It, it, it's lo- It's been a long term. It's been great uh, from day one, but it's a business my father and I started. It's one uh. of those st- started in the basement kind of deals. Uh, my dad was a GM engineer and actually not in the electrical side of things, but he was he was in the at the time called the product promotion group at GM over at the tech center involved with the racers directly. Oh, I mean, that's cool. The, the, uh, the Roger Penske's at the young stage starting out. I mean, from the junior Johnson Foyt, I mean, Chevrolet was basically not supposed to be in racing, but they were, it nice. was a lot of, a lot of backdoor programs. Um, so he was, he was involved with that. And as a kid into cars and, racing i mean it was a dream come true i went to the races uh when i could walk i was i was at the races and um at the time gm was doing some early retirement stuff in the 80s and he said well this is a opportunity to do something else i think i was 21 at the time i was an entrepreneurial uh type individual as a kid always had businesses going and i thought well you know we'll do this you know, we decided to do this together and uh, pooled our resources. And actually, at the time, GM was doing a lot of interesting fuel injection came out in the OEMs about 85. And out at the tech center, they were dropping tune ports into Monza's Vegas. I mean, just weird combinations. <laughs> and uh, he went to them and said, well, I'm going to retire. Is GM ever going to get into, you know, maybe that end of things? And they said, no, but you know feel free you know have fun with it we don't want anything to do with that because of the emissions because the you know federal oversight potential there so um he kind of saw a niche for you know people transplanting these fuel injected engines into older vehicles you know they were just gonna he thought they were just gonna start doing that so we started like i say started in 88 um in the basement uh, we had a hot rod feature article done on us about six months in, Ooh. and we were working from my childhood home, same phone number I grew up with. <laughs> Here's an hot rod magazine in, in May of 88. 
and uh, let's just say mom was not happy. Oh, I'm uh, sure. That phone, that phone started to ring off the hook at all hours, night and day. And she said, you know, you guys got to figure out how to get a building. If this <laughs> thing is going to be going the direction I think it is, you guys are out of here. So uh, <laughs> from there, we were kind of off and running. And um, we started out doing the throttle body truck engines. And the tune ports were the two main fuel-injected engines from GM at the time. Okay. And uh, we started with about three designs of harnesses, and um, the response was positive. The guys, uh, I think in the aftermarket at the time, there might have been two other companies that were doing it. I mean, we were kind of blazing new area there. The, the big companies at the time, Metalbrock, uh, Holly, you know, they really weren't diving into that on any on any level it was too much i think a niche a specialty type market they didn't really see the uh i don't think the potential there but uh it, it grew from that we we supplied the computers with them the fuel pumps the uh you know, everything that guy would need to do a swap to do a modern gm engine at the time into an older vehicle mm-hmm. an older jeep an older pickup uh you know some boats some marine stuff and uh uh, you know, really, it started with the harnesses more than it, the kits were were coming later. That was that was a, something that didn't develop until um, we actually had a guy approach us. He said, "I'm a I'm a surplus buyer. I go into these GM plants and I and I I buy out all this excess inventory." And at the time, he had just pallets of throttle bodies that. Oh. Uh, they really didn't run the plants as tight as they do now. So they, right. they get to the end of a model run. And, and I think at the time he had just hundreds of these brand new throttle bodies, which would have been late eighties, early nineties stuff. And we said, well, if we had the throttle body, then we already have the harness, the computer end of things. We really could, could, you know, offer this to a guy to put on really any carbureted engine out there. Yeah. You know, right. do, do the, do the kit, do the, do the kit. Um, the Jeep market was not a not at the forefront of that. We thought it would mainly be the small block Chevy guys, Ford guys, Chrysler. Um, but uh, we were approached by some 360 guys, some Wagoneer guys at the time to do a kit for us. I said, well, that won't be difficult based on what we're doing now. Right. So we did. And a little ways into that, the 258 guys said, what are you guys doing? There's there, there are way more of us out there. You know, the, three, that's, the 360 <laughs> yeah. guys are fine. The 401 guys are fine. But why didn't you come out with a kit for the inline six first? <laughs> because you guys are missing the boat. And uh, again, it was one of those situations where our customers really directed us to what we should be doing. So um, I will say when we got into the, to the 258 inline six Jeeps, uh, that really covers from the early seventies to the early nineties. Um, that really as a kit and still to this day, that's our biggest, um, seller. And, uh, the fact that we, we went ahead during that process and got a California certification on all those kits. Um, that was, that was a game changer in and of itself. Yeah. So carb certification is one of the biggest things out on the market right now. I mean, dealing with EPA, CARB, California, the new 14 states that are 
moving to this new hybrid thing. If you don't have carb, it's like it's not even worth producing a product anymore. Right. So, like going through your website and seeing that so much is carb certified is huge for the Jeepers. Um, so it's very interesting. So you said you're an entrepreneur, not more of an engineer or like where, how did this, I mean, you're born with a wrench in your hand. I can, <laughs> I could pick that up. Um, but how did you just start, you just started pulling these pieces together or. Well, at, at the, at the time of starting this thing, we really thought that, um, I don't think we had any idea what, um, you know, what level it would get to. I mean, quite honestly, I thought, uh, I had gone to college um, I, and studied business, but I had a landscape company at the time. I always joke around. I said, I took a pay cut to start this gig. I, I was doing both. At, I was doing both at the same time because I had that business uh, and uh, I grew up on the east side of Detroit. And I mean, I had like 200 accounts. I had guys working for me when I was quite young. And uh, I just, I guess I, as far as running a business, I just did it. I didn't know any better. I I, <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know. So I just kind of dove into things. Right. And, um, you know, when we started the deal, the one thing we said was, um, you know, we're really not going to start this business by going out and going to the bank and getting a couple million dollars and saying, well, we hope it works. Uh, we're going to make this thing pay for itself from day one. Mm -hmm. And if this thing can pay for itself, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if it can carry on then, uh, uh, and make a business of it. That would be great. Um, uh, but no, personally, I didn't have an engineering background, but one of my father's philosophies was if you start this job and you're around this for 90 days, you're going to know more about it than 98% of the people out there, Absolutely. just by sheer mm -hmm. exposure. Mm. He used to say through osmosis, but that, <laughs> that, that was, uh, that was his approach to it. And, and I, I have a son now that's 18. Now he will be going to college. Um, and my, I have four kids, three daughters that have gone different paths, but I, I'm kind of hoping that he can carry it on. Uh, he has shown some real interest in it. Oh, so, yeah. so we're, we're, we're hoping that is the future, but, uh, uh, you know, it really, it really just started by a, about three different harness designs and hoping that the, uh, the interest was there. It was a philosophy more or less that, uh, you know, people would, um, and we were seeing it a little bit, like I say, the tech center GM was taking all these motors and they were throwing them in all these different cars, and the magazines were picking up on it. Mm -hmm. And once the magazines pick up on it, and it starts a little fire in the West Coast, then um, you know, all of a sudden you have a trend. Right. So that that's really how it got rolling. But yeah, I'm blown away by this because I I think back to what technology was in the eight, late '80s and early '90s. I know what that was. Yeah. Because yeah, I was you know going into my early twenties and. To, to to do what you guys did going out on your own without the backing of one of the you know major car manufacturers at the time it's kind of a big deal and I, I, I hot rod magazine picking that up immediately wanted to do in this whole business was we wanted to utilize the 
to GM controllers. Um, Right. We wanted, yeah, I mean, basically the aftermarket's approach to fuel injection from the get-go was always, we're going to, we're going to produce our own computer. Um, You know, we're going to, we're going to produce something that, well, it's, we're going to do our own computer. And in most cases, we're going to do a computer that can be manipulated by the customer because we want to shoot this thing out into the aftermarket, the normal three tier markup. And, uh, you know, we got to do a kit that fits everything from a six cylinder, you know, mild six cylinder engine up to a blown big block. We're going to use the same kit. So we knew that was a disaster. Uh, but if we could use the GM controllers on our kits, then and we do our own programming in house, mm-hmm. um, even up through the we're doing as late as 2020 direct injected truck engine transplants, for instance. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, but, I was looking through the website, and it is extensive. And that that was the other reason we were able to to actually even go and consider carb certification was because we had a computer that had a chip that we did. The, the customer couldn't manipulate that program in any way. Yep. And you, you can't take any of these modern systems that are on the market today where the customer can change the program, that they're not certifiable. You, you could never go through carb with something like that. Right. So that's, that's a, that's a huge difference there. Um, but that was a big thing we wanted, uh, you know, basically GM has spent the resources that they have put into that controller and that system. I mean, it's not, not something the aftermarket could ever do. So it's a proven product. Yeah. I mean, so looking through your website, halefi.com uh, is the website address um yeah so i started out going through and i saw everything with jeep and you know digging into the first kit that comes up is for the cj 4.2 liter um and like that is probably one of the most complete conversion kits that i've seen out on the market from harness a a computer in the actual throttle body member with the fuel injection in it yep you know and I was just completely impressed. I mean, they're running O2 sensors. The it's everything's fully incorporated into that kit for very reasonable price. All right. So I personally thought it was very reasonable. I mean, and just seeing different conversion kits out on the market, but then it didn't stop. Like keep going, going. You got GM LS, and that's where uh, Matt was talking about coming more towards that newer transplant where you're taking that you know everyday high you know more powerful motors and putting them in older jeeps yeah so how did you guys kind of start going out about that because i see like gm ls lt and that's more along the lines of swap harnesses which is huge in kind of the buggy market which that's that's where i sit and i'm like drooling over here (laughs) well that that there's really two phases like i said we started with the with the harness end of things that was strictly for the guy that's transplanting the factory fuel injected engine and um with the tune port and the throttle body truck motors that was the beginning of everything and then we just carried that through um, basically our main task was every time GM came out with a new variation of their fuel injected car and truck engines, um, 
we always used to say it's a it's a drunk junkyard driven business because as soon as the guy gets a the, the newest truck is on the roads as soon as it's wrecked someone's going to get the drivetrain out of it yep. and they're going to want to put it in something else yeah so there there's the kit side of the business and there's the what we call the transplant side of the business so it's more or less the challenge is just to keep up with the uh the technology and uh as it as the new engines come out and update do the new harnesses um lucky enough too there's been companies out there like hp tuners and different people keep up with the software end of reprogramming the factory computer mm. uh, which we also do that ourselves and um the uh, and like i say that enables you to pretty much go out and buy i mean we do the vortec engines we do the ls's of course they they just exploded in popularity yes. um, yeah. up up to the uh, the next generation of the the you know direct injected truck engines the ls3s the ls7s ls9s the lsas um one of the categories i'm amazed by is the number eight ones that are out there the guys that just want to put eight ones <laughs> in i don't you don't even think of them making that many eight ones let alone they're already available you know yeah but we're doing a lot of eight ones with the Allison transmissions into older, say, square body Chevys. Yep. That's a that's a biggie. Um, so powerhouse motors. I mean, those, yep. that that has power for days. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of times it's it's it, it's the market dictating to you what you should be doing. You know, paying attention to. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, again, if you can, if you can. One of the biggest challenges as the as the motors get newer and newer, and of course the computers are much more capable, much more you know involved with running so many more things such so such efficiently. Um, one of the biggest challenges is getting the components that the guys need correct. In other words, you guy gets an engine, maybe he didn't get the drive-by-wire pedal, maybe he didn't get the tack module, maybe he didn't get the oxygen sensors. The, the It's critical to get all that stuff correct yes. or as a package for his okay. transplanter. He's going to have a just a world of nightmares. Yeah. Hmm. I And I, I'm fascinated by this completely because it, the thought, you know, my engine's exactly the same engine that was in my vehicle when I bought it. Um, but how many friends do I have that have actually done an LS swap in their, in their Jeep or in, in their, in their buggy that, that tends to be the, the way to go. Right. And it, it is, but at the same time, it's one of the most daunting tasks that you're, it's not like just swapping axles underneath something. Right. It's like, this is the main component is your harness, what you're putting in at the computer, the tune and like making sure everything works together. And oh wait, you got a transmission that it needs to communicate with too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like that's uh, one of the bigger things that I was looking on your website and seeing is that it is a lot of these are, you know, transmission specific harnesses. Yep. Well, with the four L sixties of the world, the four L eighties and the eight L nineties now. In fact, uh, we're just getting into the ten speed stuff. Um and uh, just to show you how the stuff has advanced. Um, in fact, we just 
had to break the news to a guy this week that we couldn't do his 2021 uh, with a 10 speed because uh, he was kind enough to send us a factory harness. We looked it over, see how it compared to a 18 or 19, which we had done. Right. And there are just enough differences there where we had to tell him we're not there yet. Um, but we did learn some valuable things from working with them. And one of them was that the newer transmissions, for instance, I think this was a, like I say, 2021 10 speed, the transmissions have a code on it now. So you have to know that code in order. And it's an external sticker on the transmission as if things weren't hard enough. You got to know that code now to program the computer, oh. because if it's not the original computer, original engine, original engine, the whole thing together, it knows and you're not going to go any farther. So it's, it's constantly evolving and getting more complicated. Now, I was, I was actually going to ask that it, are OEMs actually intentionally blocking um, the ability well, to do some of this, or is it just a compatibility um, programming issue? I don't, I don't think the OEMs with everything they have to deal with. I don't know that, what crosses their minds is let's make it more difficult for the aftermarket. Um, I don't know. You would think so when, <laughs> when you're dealing with some of this stuff, <laughs> right. you, you, you would think so, man, you guys are evil. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, one of the things that, uh, I mean, we're biased, of course, we're, we're GM based. When you look at our product line, we're, we're very GM based and I come from a GM family, but at the same token, um, when you the 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 GM stuff as a whole has been easier to work with. We did try years ago to get into the Ford engines a little bit, and everything was so restricted, even from the connectors to the uh, just couldn't get anything. The programming and and I think that has an effect why you don't see Fords. They're not really put in anything. If you go out there and look at what the choice of engines is, it's really GM based. Yeah. I know we're seeing some Coyotes in the Broncos now. Um, and they barely fit. That engine is that, huge. Yeah. <laughs> that engine is huge. But they're but, transplanting everything. I mean, yeah, it's they're, whole, yeah. 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 But I guess that, that, like I say, the challenge is just to keep up with, um, you know, as soon as, as soon as somebody says, why aren't you doing the 20 stuff? Well, then you're kind of, you're turned on to that. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, uh, um, uh, it, it, it's a constant thing. Well, it's kind of a race to keep up with, you know, what, what your customer wants, you know, and that's a never ending because every year something new is going to come out. Right. Well, and the other thing that we try to do, um, and, and I think, uh, this is what's kept some of the huge aftermarket companies out of it is because like I say, it is so specialized in such a niche. There's probably 90% of our harness designs will build after the customer orders it. Oh. It's not, you know, we'll put some base designs on the shelf, but a lot of it is, it's built after we've talked to a guy and we have an order sheet that's probably 20 questions that you ask the guy. Wow. Wow. And um, then it's built to suit. Um, and not only that, but I know you guys being in the industry have seen this transformation of all the companies are bought up. We've got two bohemists out there that yep. kind of own everything. Yeah. And, um, you can't always call a company and talk to a human being anymore. So, um, we're trying to keep knowledgeable the, human being, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we, we like to keep that rolling and, uh, answer the phone 
And you might actually talk to the guy who's going to build the harness and who knows better what to ask you about, you know, your transplant than the guy that's probably, you know, building it. Right. That's really cool. I mean, so customer service is key, key factor of how EFI. Well, not only on the front end of it, but, um, our tech guy, Troy Brown is our tech guy. Who's been with us probably 30 of the 35 years. and the follow-up after this or the, the, you know, the, the answers you need during the process of putting this in, like you say, uh, it's not just a, I mean, you're not just putting a, you know, uh, a new fuel tank in or something. It's pretty involved and it's going to generate a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, so we'd like to be there for them on that end of it too. Yeah. I, that, you know, that was actually a next series of questions. You just answered it ahead of time. Oh, because for me, what I'm hearing is, you know, you're you're building to order on a lot of things. There are some things that you probably have already done again and again, and those are the easy ones. But you know, the custom orders that's that's the the challenge, right? Well, uh, one of the things I always say is uh, someone will be on the phone answering this series of questions, and you say, "Well, um, is." you know, is this a custom, is this built to mine? I'm like, well, they're, they're all kind of built to yours. They're all kind of custom orders. I mean, you can start with a base, um, LS three harness, but, um, you know, some guys want the relays to come out a different spot. The, the trunk length varies on, on quite a few of these harnesses from the back of the motor to where they want the computer. Um, you know, how many fans are going to be controlled by the computer? Um, does the guy have the original oxygen sensors? There's just a uh, right. a lot of questions to be answered. Hmm. Do you have a Do you have a showroom, or is it warehouse kind of driven, or is it all online or over the phone kind of thing? Um, most we don't have a warehouse per se. Um, it, it's um, still in it, your house. No, <laughs> still, still in the basement. No, no, it's, it's we're a little more uptown now. Uh, it's it's in a building. Um, we don't have a lot of walk-in. We we don't do service work there per se. It's the manufacturing's in house, but uh, the we're in Michigan. Our tech guy actually moved to Arizona, and through the through the uh, wonders of technology, he does all the programming of computers and tech work from there. Wow. Um, but. Uh, no, we're we're mainly uh, manufacturing and everything else in house, uh, as far as that goes. And and our advertising agency, Leslie, who you were um, uh, dealing with, Martin and Company, yes. they they do all of our ad stuff. Um, so uh, you know that's really the bulk of it. Hmm. That's amazing. I I I love to get the inner workings of yeah. how how companies work. And I, I do have, so you guys are outside of Detroit, if, 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 right? We're, yeah, we're in a town named Marine city, which is, uh, most people don't know that they know Port Huron. We're close oh, to yeah, Port yeah. Huron. We're about 45 miles North of Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Here's a, I, 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 I hesitate asking this because we're, we're talking about fuel injection, but electric, vehicles are, are do you guys have plans on <laughs> stepping on that pile of <laughs> of stuff well i don't know your guys feelings on electric vehicles but 
I, I, we could probably do a show on that. Probably so. Um, um, we, we have done a little bit of work for a couple companies in California that approached us to do some, uh, some wiring. Um, we didn't do much, but some wiring, they were doing some actually Volkswagen buses, believe it or not, switching them, switching them over to electric. Um, I don't know that I'm excited with, uh, you know, what may or may not be there as far as the transplant world. Um, but, uh, I personally think that it's, and, and I know everybody's, uh, I know at SEMA there, I wasn't at SEMA, but I talked to a lot of people and of course they, they kind of have to go in that direction a little bit and showcase it. But, yeah, yeah. um, I'm not pursuing anything in that area right now. Um, uh, and I'm kind of hoping it, it, uh, it dies a slow death, maybe with the change of administrations, <laughs> but uh, well, that's kind of where I'm at on it. I mean, you got to look at it this way. You guys, you're, a lot of your bread and butter is harnesses, so yep. everything's going to eventually need a harness one way or another. So it's, it sounds to me, you're in a very safe market of building harnesses, you just might have to change your application. <laughs> well, I, I would agree. I would agree. And if, if that's, if that's what happens, um, we'll certainly, we'll certainly be willing to do that. Yeah. But, uh, it, um, yeah, I, I personally thought the hybrids made a lot of sense and, and have the manufacturers offer a couple hybrids to people and say, if you want this fine, but, uh, yeah. you know, the, the push and the aggressiveness of that right now, I, it just, it just baffles me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, so for me, you know, walk, you know, walking SEMA the past couple of years, the, the transplants of, you know, like a, a Shelby that, you know, is all electric. I'm, I'm blown away by it, but it it's, I, I'm not going to go out and buy it. I won't buy a Shelby because mm-hmm. it's a Shelby, right? Fire breathing, yeah. real, you yeah. know, <laughs> mash the pedal to the floor. I mean, if I'm going to buy a, a Mustang Mach One, I'm. I, it's going to rumble when the, I exactly. when I step on that yeah. pedal. Um, yeah, but you know, I'm I'm still enthralled by it. You know, the instant torque and all the things that come along with it. But there's something about that car culture. Um, when I mash the gas pedal, I hear and feel mm-hmm. yeah. the vibrations, yeah. you know? We've got a 2004 Jeep that we put a 5.3 truck engine in. Um, and we left yeah. the manual. And, uh, in fact, my kids, they, they were all keen on that being a good kid vehicle. I said, that's by far not a good kid vehicle. <laughs> no way. No, no. The amount no. of rubber you would have to replace on that. I'm 28 just, years old and I know that's not a good vehicle for me. <laughs> but it's just a, it's a beast. We left, we left the manual in it. We left an, ex, well, we put an exhaust on. It's really not, not real friendly. It's, it just, it just snarls and it's just a blast. But <laughs> so you get it's to bag a, gears and keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's just, it's one of our test vehicles. We really wanted to put it in. Uh, we put a 2003, yeah, five, three in it. And, um, yep. yeah, it's, it's, it's just a blast. And, and so the, just the, the visceral that you get from that, uh, I totally agree with you. Electric vehicle. Um, yeah, it's just not gonna, <laughs> not gonna deliver that. Not in the same way. Uh, 
See, he's he's making more of the case that I need to put a, a V8 in my <laughs> JK. No, oh. <sighs> it's just another engine for you to blow up. Yep. No, these are harder to blow up. <laughs> oh, these are oh, these are bulletproof. Uh, yeah. You have you haven't met me in person yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, what what do you want our listeners to know? You know, where can they find you? Where can they learn all the good stuff? Is there anything that they need to know right now? Uh, I would say, you know, the website, um, or give us a call. Um, I would say in the, in the Jeep world, um, I'm assuming most of your audience, uh, you know, they're, they're Jeepers. I would say, don't be afraid to, uh, you know, fuel inject that. If you're leaving the current engine in an older Jeep, don't be afraid to fuel inject it. It's, it's, it's usually a, a huge improvement of your enjoyment of that vehicle. That's what we hear. I mean, we oh, hear from yeah. the guys, hey, hey, my, my fuel mileage is better. Um, I live in an area, it's altitude compensating. I can drive on any angle. Um, I think mm. also what helped us in the Jeep market so much was, you know, you'd have a guy call up and he said, hey, you know, I got a 75 Z28. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I might like to go to fuel injection, but you know, I just want to talk to you about it right now. Convince me. Why should I? And, um, you know, there was in the early days, there was a lot of talk and, and the guys, they were scared of it. I mean, you talk to these guys who were around carburetors all their life and they were they were not keen to it at all. I mean, you're going to have to show them what was what was going to be better. But one thing we noticed when we got in the Jeep market, the guys called up, they wanted it because they needed it. And they yeah. knew they needed it. It's like, hey, I, I was just out, you know, wheeling with my buddies and I can't, you know, this thing won't keep running on an angle. Uh, we were up at 10,000 you know, feet. This thing won't run. That It's not a matter. They didn't want to talk about it. They wanted it. So uh, they wanted to fix a problem. So I would say the guys with the, you know, uh, the older motors, don't be afraid, you know, to to put it on, it, it's usually a great improvement. And if you want to do a transplant of a GM in, engine, then uh, you know that that shouldn't be that shouldn't scare you either. I mean, we can no. we can help you on both fronts. Awesome. Well, that's that's good to know. And Matt, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us and bringing. You know, I I know that Billy, as soon as he was digging in, his eyeballs popped out of his head. This is yeah. right <laughs> up his alley. Yeah. Wow. Um, and because I, I have two, I have two vehicles sitting in my driveway that I want to put V8s in. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, yeah, per, you're the perfect demographic right there. hundred <laughs> percent. Young, yeah. dumb, <laughs> V8, lead foot. Oh, what else do I need? What else? Perfect. <laughs> that short wheelbase. I mean, you'll scare yourself to death. Oh no, I've, I've, I got long wheelbases. My buggies at 120 inches and oh, these are buggies. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking Jeeps, but okay. Buggies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, at one time in their life, both <laughs> at one time it was 96 inches. Yeah. Now it's at 120. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's fun. Um, so how H O W E L L efi.com yeah um or their phone number 1-800-765-5100 and talk to that real person and talk to the real person in the united states sitting in detroit or arizona (laughs) exactly close to detroit (laughs) yep you're gonna get a real person that knows something yeah apparently (laughs) that 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 knows something we yeah 
Well, I, man, I appreciate your time. You've been awesome. And I'm finally glad that we got to put all this together. Yeah. Well, I am too. And, and it's a pleasure being on with you guys and, uh, and time flew by. So I hope, I hope the listeners, uh, enjoyed it and, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, it'll be great. We'll we'll have you on again sometime. It'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. I'd be more than willing. I love it. All right. So where can people find us? Well, I want everyone to head over to the Googles and show one of your friends because it doesn't matter if you already found us, you need to tell a buddy. That's right. Tell so, everybody you can. We are on the Apples, the Spotify's, the Pandora's, the YouTube's, the Facebook's everywhere. The books of the faces, the tubes of the use, the <laughs> MySpace, the Instagrams, the threads. We're on everything. We're not on threads. Yet. Yet. I'm on thread. Are you? Yeah. I haven't taken that plunge. I took it. It's a bad idea, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, that interview with Matt was awesome and I appreciate that. It, thanks for him coming on and go right now and drop a new engine in, in your old Jeep. And, I'm about to. Yeah, do it. GM, uh, LS, LT, anything you want. They have the solutions. Harnesses. Oh yeah. And they know it. They know it. They know Call it. them. That's the other thing is like what you see on their website isn't half the knowledge that they have. No. So pick up the phone. Talk to somebody in Michigan or talk to somebody in Arizona. They're going to build that harness for you, complete custom, or set up your Jeep. You know, four twos, four sixes, uh, inline four O's, three O fives, four O twos, three fifties. They have it down pat. Well, you just threw out a lot of numbers, and I went, I don't know. They're all cubic inches. <laughs> okay. All right, for Breaking Billy, I'm Jeep and Terry. Here's a big Jeep wave to you, everybody. <laughs>